Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast at RGS Pod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Perry. Anthony, how you doing? What's going on, Zach? What's going on, Faithful? It is your boy, Perry, back with another edition of the Red and Gold Standard podcast. How's it going, dude? It's uh, It's been a while, but I'm really excited it's kind of been a tough, tough stretch since the Niners lost the Super Bowl, but there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of excitement regarding the team, and I can't wait to get into it. As always, guys, follow me on Twitter, Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49-E-R-S. Yes, um, definitely go follow Anthony and follow the podcast. And yeah, let's get the elephant out of the room. It has been a little over two weeks since we got an episode out, and I will take full responsibility for that i work in finance uh refinance to be specific and it has been crazy um so anthony had been ready to go and unfortunately i was just not able to sit down and and get a podcast out and also like anthony said we're, we're still kind of dealing with the super bowl loss and um so yeah i mean obviously we're fans of the team so it was a, a bit hard for us to deal with but i think we're both willing and ready to put you know, one foot in front of the other and just move on and get on with the 49ers offseason, uh, look ahead to free agency, the draft, and ultimately next season. Um, with all that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it tonight. Um, you know, with all of the dust from the Super Bowl and, you know, all of that finally settled, what do you think, Anthony, is the main concern for the 49ers moving forward? After what happened in the Super Bowl when we all really think that the team should have won, but nonetheless, bad officiating and just kind of a sloppy offense and defense in the fourth quarter really cost the Niners. I think the main concern regarding the team, it's kind of hard to figure out, but I think I'm going to kind of roll with the offense and I'm thinking I'm going to go with the wide receivers. And everyone talks about how Shanahan's offense doesn't necessarily require a solid wide receiver to operate. I mean, he's had Julio Jones one year, but he got a thousand yard receiving years out of Brian Hartline, Terrell Pryor. He almost got out of Debo Samuel. He probably could have got it out of Emmanuel Sanders. But the point being is that he can do it with any wide receiver. But at the same time too, when you don't have a wide receiver with like, not, not like a Julio Jones type skill set, but Maybe more so of like even a solid wide receiver too. And I'm not trying to knock Debo because Debo is really good. But he's a rookie. Rookies will go through their mistakes. He still has a lot to learn. So having that running mate alongside him, and I'm not going to knock Sanders either because Sanders was good too. But Sanders kind of had his big games and then he didn't really show up much at all. So there was inconsistency on his part too. So I think not having that like that top tier wide receiver and... I keep saying it, but I want the point to be known that he doesn't need a Julio Jones to operate, but it's still nice to have another solid option. I felt like the Niners didn't necessarily have that option. And Emmanuel Sanders was new to the offense. He still had a lot to learn, so that could play a big part into into his performance overall, Debo Samuel being a rookie. But outside of those two guys... Jalen Hurd's been hurt. Marquise Goodwin's been hurt. Dante Pettis disappeared. Kendrick Bourne has been a nice role player, but it's still nice to have another wide receiver who could really step up and be that be that consistent guy when Sanders and Debo may not get going, for example. So having that that like top flight wide receiver, I guess you can say, whether it be a deep deep threat wide receiver or 
or just a guy who Jimmy could fall back on as a solid third option or even second option wasn't there, I think that kind of really hurt the team. And look, you look at the Super Bowl and you look at the playoffs, and obviously the Niners didn't really require their wide receivers to stand out. But when it did come to be in the fourth quarter, when they needed the wide receivers, even if Jimmy G kind of overthrew that deep ball, if Emmanuel Sanders was a few years younger, or if that was Marquise Goodwin back there, they would have caught the ball. But the point being is that the Niners didn't necessarily have that deep threat wide receiver to go to that that Jimmy could honestly trust. And having that type of inability to move with the, move the offense like that, I think it really hurt the team. So I think that's my main concern is not not necessarily having having another Emmanuel Sanders or Debo Samuel, but having a deep threat like Keese was, or or you look how look how the Eagles lost Deshaun Jackson and look what that did to their offense. That really hurt Carson Wentz. So having that deep threat at wide receiver, I think really makes or breaks an offense, or at least it can. And the fact that the Niners didn't have that once Marquise got hurt, I think that really hurt them going forward. So overall, I think that's the main concern is just not having that deep threat guy to really just take the top off and just like really get that big play and move the team forward. It's it's funny. I think we uh we kind of approached this question in two different ways. I think you went more at it in a uh, positional structural wise of the team. Um, what what their main concern is moving forward. Uh, for me, I think I I looked at it more so in a broader sense. And for me, my main concern is no Super Bowl hangover. We've seen it year after year teams um you know they get so close to to winning it all and then the next year or two years after that they turn into complete trash um i mean look at the look at the rams after their their super bowl appearance recently and they just totally you know were were trash essentially you know they they did not live up to the standard that they had set the previous year and i think that this team needs to maintain that same level of uh, intensity and that same hunger and drive that they had this year um, when they were constantly doubted, constantly being told that they were not uh, for real, they were pretenders, not contenders. Um, I think that all of that narrative is just going to be more so, you know, around the NFL, around ESPN. You're going to hear it nonstop because they were not able to come home with that ring. Um, So they definitely need to have that same hunger and that same drive this season maybe even more so because now teams are going to take them more seriously because they did get all the way up to, you know, the doorstep of the Super Bowl to winning the Super Bowl. They were so close. So they're going to be taken more as a threat. And they, I think they have a tougher schedule next season. I mean, as it stands right now, obviously everything changed changes come the season, but they just really, really need to stay focused and not let any of the outside media or pressure or noise them off focus. And also, um, to be quite frank with you, I think Jimmy needs to continue to improve and uh, be constantly and consistently able to put the offense on his shoulder and elevate this whole team uh, just by himself because that's what franchise quarterbacks do. And uh, this team cannot continue to supplement Jimmy's inexperience and his, uh, you know, boneheaded mistakes uh, for that much longer and and still expect to be successful to the level of winning another Super Bowl. It's just not going to happen. Now, speaking of Jimmy G, there's 
tons of speculation. We heard it uh, earlier today, I think, with Deion Sanders talking about how the 49ers should trade Jimmy back to New England and then sign Tom Brady. And, you know, especially with the 49ers lacking uh, more day two picks, uh, second round, third round. And it, it media anal- excuse me, media analysts are saying it makes sense. Um, how much are you buying into this rumor, you know, narrative that Tom Brady will be going to the 49ers and ending his career with a storybook finish to the team that he grew up rooting for? Dude, I think that's kind of wild. <laughs> and I did a live video for Nothing But Niners some time ago, and my boldest prediction, like stupidly bold, was that Tom Brady joins the Niners. But I said joins a, joins as a backup role because I think they still need to re-sign Nick Mullins because he's a restricted free agent. But I, I think it's crazy. I don't know. I don't understand where this like media narrative is coming from. And I've seen Deion Sanders talk about it. I think even Max Kellerman might have talked about it. And the point being is that these huge media heads are giving it attention and it's really shocking. It's like it, it's weird. It's it's surprising. Maybe maybe it's just them not believing in Jimmy. Maybe maybe it's like an area scout for the Niners or something had said, Oh, I heard that so and so from Nebraska, a part of the Niners, doesn't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, and all it takes is something of that nature for the media to run with it. I mean, you know you know how the media operates, Zach. They'll run off of any type of small bit of information that they could blow up in any kind of way. So I could see that as being where the Tom Brady speculation comes from. But at the same time, too, when you see guys like Deion Sanders and big media heads really talk about it, it, it makes you think. It really makes you think, and it's like, this This isn't really related, but the draft is a ex- good example of teams who will go into the draft saying, oh yeah, this is our guy, this is our guy, and and everything just changes. They go off of that guy, and obviously that's like that, that that's a common bluff, but a good example too with the Niners is like when we took Mike McClinchy a couple years ago, no one had really expected the Niners to take tackle at all. I think that draft, it might have been... Uh, Oh, God, I don't even know. It might have been like a safety or even a wide receiver or something like that. So it's little, I know, but it's the fact that anything can happen that fast really shocks you. So I'm not saying that I wouldn't be I would be surprised if the Niners somehow made it run at Brady. But at the same time, with how unpredictable the entire NFL is as a whole, it it would be it wouldn't be a little shocking if like if John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan really pulls something like that because he's from San Mateo, he's a big Niners or he grew up a Niners fan, I believe. He grew up a Montana fan. And I, I don't know. It would be really weird. I, I It gives me butterflies thinking about it because it's like Tom Brady in the Niners uniform when we already got Jimmy Garoppolo. Wild. It is absolutely wild to me. So overall, the speculation is weird, though. The media trying to give it some kind of attention is shocking also. And at the end of the day, at least I can confidently say that it feels like one of those topics that the media is pushing just to keep like keep the news flow interesting because before the draft, it's kind of like it's kind of dead season for the NFL. So any type of news like that to to spark some type of conversation or debate really just keeps the whole media world busy as it is. Yeah, I think um, you kind of hit it right on the head, especially with this time of the year and it's kind of that awkward period between 
uh, the end of the season and the draft and the combines happening right now, but they really, really just need talking points. And, you know, rumors like this are fun to create entire kind of segments on, you know, shows like NFL on NFL Network and ESPN. And they're able to just kind of go in in depth in these crazy scenarios of these what if and, you know, how would the Patriots look with Jimmy G or how would the 49ers look with Tommy Tom Brady? So it, it's more so just stuff to, to filler, you know, to, to keep on air, to talk about, to get fans to tune in, stuff like that. I really don't buy into it. I know people are going to say, you know, well, uh, John Lynch was rumored to ask about Tom Brady when he was trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, but to me, I read that as more so of a joke. Um, you know, he kind of said, you know, we asked about Tom and jokingly, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, said no. So that was that. It, it really didn't read to me like they were seriously inquiring about getting Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo was their plan B. Um, I think it was more definitely a shot in the dark and he knew that it was a long shot to begin with. So he kind of said it jokingly. Um, I think at this point in Tom Brady's career, I don't think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think that they're probably meeting right in the middle of their careers as far as playing. Um, I think, and on opposite trajectories, I think Tom Brady, as great as he's been uh, in his career, definitely one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I'm biased, so I'm obviously going to say Joe Montana, but he's up there in the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks in the NFL. At this point in Tom Brady's career, I just really think that he will maybe be better than Jimmy or at least the same um, maybe for a season or two. And then you got to ask then, how much longer does Tom Brady realistically have left in him? Um, It can't be longer than two to three seasons max. I mean, what is the guy, 42, 43 years old already? Does he want to play until he's 50? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, So I don't think that 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 is a realistic, you know, uh, goal or uh, out, approach for the 49ers to try and acquire Tom Brady because it would be an incredibly short-sighted mood move excuse me and t- uh, I agree with you that the only way I see this happening is if Tom Brady comes as a backup and I do not see Tom Brady doing that um, I think he's heard for too long in his career that he's a system quarterback that any quarterback uh, can win with Bill Belichick and I honestly think that that relationship has been fried Um, And I think he's looking to come out and start for a team and prove that it was not just Bill Belichick, that he was uh, the main reason why the Patriots were successful. So I do not see him coming over here and taking a backup role, at least not at this point in his career. Give it another two, three years and then come and see me and ask me the same question. Um, Now, Anthony, there have been three media driven areas of concern for the 49ers. Wide receiver, safety, and offensive line, particularly the right guard. Um, which position is the priority and why? I know I kind of went on a tangent about why or like what the biggest concern for the Niners really is, is that wide receiver. But I'll go off on a different route too. I think I think safety should be a slight concern, a little more than offensive line. And obviously you heard me about wide receiver, but I think safety you could put up there too. And the reason why I say that is because Ward, Jimmy Ward's play was phenomenal when he was healthy. It was absolutely phenomenal. But you also bank on the fact that if you re-sign him, you're hoping that it's a contract that 
is not only team-friendly, but it's something you can work around in case he gets injured. Because we know how injury-prone he is. We've seen it in the past. This is one of those rare seasons for him where he played the whole season. And I don't think it was last season, but the season before, I think he played the entire season. But the point being is that you're kind of banking on him being healthy overall. And it's such a gamble. It really is. So that's not me opposing bringing back Jimmy Ward. Because again, Jimmy Ward was fantastic when he played. But it's a risk when you sign him. So... The question remains is, if you don't re-sign him, how much do you trust Tavarius Moore? And I like Tavarius Moore a lot. I think he has a lot of grooming to do at the safety position because of uh, Robert Sala starting him at slot corner at cornerback when he first came to the team. But it's also banking on the fact that Tavarius will develop and he will become a sa- uh, become a safety, become a solid safety that could fill Jimmy Ward's shoes. And I don't think... I don't know if Moore has that kind of potential to do as much as Jimmy Ward did. So that leads the question into, what do they do? Well, they could go via the draft. Xavier McKinney, who I think is the top safety prospect, looks really good, but it looks like he'll be gone in the middle of the first round. I've seen mock drafts that have him taking Grant Delpit out of LSU, Ashton Davis out of Cal. So you look at that and you think, well... If other guys think the Niners might go after safety, then that could be a that could be a position they draft. Well, you look at free agency too, and although the cap space is limited, they still have options like Jimmy Ward. I think Trey Boston is a free agent. Anthony Harris, the safety out of Minnesota, out of Minnesota, out of Minnesota, who was a ball hawk this past season. That's another position that they could look after also. So you know, the thing is, is that they have a lot of options at safety. They really do. The draft is pretty good. Free agency is obviously pretty good. And I think their in-house options are good also. But really, at the end of the day, it falls on what John Lynch and Robert Sala really trust the most. Do you trust the guy who started the season that you could hopefully bring back on a good contract? Do you trust going after a guy in the draft and hoping that he develops well and you have him on a pretty cheap rookie contract? Or do you go with in-house and do you trust that Tavarius Moore is going to develop and take over that role that Jimmy Ward led all of last season? So there's a lot of questions, and there's a lot of answers, but more so a lot of questions. And that, that kind of leads me as to why I think safety might be the biggest position out of all three. Why Again, wide receiver, Shanahan doesn't really ask too much out of those guys, and his offensive line, he kind of makes the most out of what he got. But... When it comes to impactful safeties, you don't really see them that often. I mean, you look at how important Tyran Matthew was to the Chiefs. You look at how important safety play is for teams like the Ravens and Earl Thomas, for example, struggled. And you look what happened to that team. So overall, safety play is huge. Jimmy Ward's play was huge. And bringing him back would be big. But if they can't, at least they have other options. But I'm I'm just going to finish with with, uh, safety, I think, being the most important out of the three choices there. Yeah, I can definitely see safety being um, the go-to and the main position of need for the 49ers out of those three. Um, I could I could make that argument as well, um, especially just due to kind of the lack of depth there. But I actually think that the offensive line is the main concern. I think we saw how disruptive other teams were able to be against the 49ers offensive line this season, uh, particularly that first game against Seattle where Jadavian Clowney just had 
probably one of the best games of his career. Definitely the best game of the season. And then unfortunately in the Super Bowl, um, the Chiefs were just breaking through the offensive line consistently and you know wreaking havoc on the 49ers. And it, it just destroyed their entire game plan. I mean, they were... It, the, the ineptitude, ineffectiveness, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the inability to consistently block opposing defensive lines really, really was the 49ers' downfall ultimately, I think, this season. And I think if they don't get that addressed and, you know, this draft, it's going to be a big area of concern moving forward. Um, a quarterback is only as good as, one, the piece, uh, the weapons you surround him with, and two, how much time you give him to do his job. The better your offensive line, the more time he's going to have under center moving around to make plays. So I definitely think that that's the area that the 49ers need to focus on out of the three that we listed. Um, but I can definitely see the arguments for the other two. Uh, me, that's just what I would go with. But I, I can definitely see the, the arguments for the other two. Um, you spoke briefly, Anthony, about Jimmy Ward and how he played this year and how you know he's, his, his loss could potentially be huge for the 49ers. But also, pending free agent Eric Armstead, um, he would be another gigantic loss for the 49ers and their defensive line. Um, out of both of them, if they both happen to leave, which loss would be bigger for the 49ers? I know I went on that, that kind of long rant about Jimmy Ward, but at the end of the day, dude, the defensive line is really the key factor to really charge this defense. And I got to roll with Eric Armstead. Look, you saw how impactful he was. We saw what he did. We saw what he can do. And although although he uh, he really took that next step because of the defensive line as a whole, I mean, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, <laughs> D Ford, obviously Ronald Blair when he was healthy too, and even Solomon Thomas. I didn't think Thomas was too bad. But the point being is that the Niners had a really effective rotation, and they had a bunch of guys who were first-round picks and Defensive Player of the Year candidates, in my opinion, or at least uh, all-pro candidates, Pro Bowl candidates. The point being is that he had all the talent around him, and he finally succeeded. Now you look at what he can be with all that talent, and it's really good. But once D. Ford got hurt, once the defensive line started to get banged up, he, he slowed down. And the defensive line is a whole slowdown, so I'm not knocking him specifically. But you do go into that wondering, what's uh, what's Eric Armstead's ceiling really at? Has he peaked already? Does he still have more room to grow? Is this it? But th that's just me being negative. The point being, <laughs> though, is that I would bring back Armstead instantly. He was impactful. He can play interior. He can play edge. He can kind of do it all on that defensive line. And you don't see... D linemen really do that, period. Nick Bosa lined up a little bit inside, so the D forward, but they didn't get as many snaps as Eric Armstead did at both positions. So bringing back Armstead would be huge. He gets along with the entire team. He was he was teammates with DeForest Buckner at Oregon. And overall, he's just a good locker room guy who does what he's told, no questions asked. He does a lot of the dirty work, and you can call him one of the hog mollies too, but Overall, Armstead is just a fantastic player. He's a fantastic teammate. And when it comes to getting pressure, when it comes to making anyone's job on the defense easier, it's the defensive line. And a lot of that credit should go to Eric Armstead. So if I had to bring either of those two guys back, even if even if he really hurts the cap space, I got to go with Eric Armstead. His impact is just too big to replace. 
Okay. I, I can see that. Um, he had a phenomenal year. The only things that kind of make me pause and question that, like you said, was uh, when other pieces around him, you know, elite guys got injured, his play declined. And also, it always makes me just a little bit suspicious when the guy has the best year of his career on a contract year. Um, you know, you, you, you have you can't help but wonder, is this going to be uh, the, the level that he's going to continue to play at? Or was this a fluke and he was only playing with his hair on fire because he knows that not only the 49ers, but other teams were watching um, and we're going to be calculating how much he's worth. Um, and I, I actually got to disagree with you and I'm going to go with Jimmy Ward here. And like I said earlier, the, the, the depth that the 49ers have at safety is extremely poor and laughable when compared to the depth at the defensive line. Um, so I just think that Jimmy Ward leaving would be a much bigger hole for the 49ers to fill than Eric Armstead leaving. Um, that's not minimizing what Eric Armstead does or how much he, he provides to this team in any way. But I really just think that safety in this defense um, is a very, very big role. And the 49ers, like you said, finally got a good year out of Jimmy Ward where he was able to play the entire season. And I think that they saw what he can do when healthy. So I think that he definitely needs to be the one brought back. And my main argument would be depth. Um, the 49ers have a ton of guys on the defensive line. And they do not have a ton of guys lining up at safety behind him. And the level that we saw him play at this year... I, I just got to go with Jimmy Ward, man. But I, I, I can understand the argument for Eric Armstead. Um, now, talking about free agency and the 49ers do not have a lot of cap space to deal with, even with a couple of contracts restructured. Um, with that being said, do you think there will be any splash free agency signings? Shoot. It's, it's really tough to figure because... The cast space is limited. John Lynch made it sound like they're going to be done restructuring con contracts, but hey, he is so like terribly transparent. You can almost feel like that he's up to something, no matter what it may be. So you never know. I think they could still restructure Quan. Or no, they restructured Quan. I'm sorry. They could still restructure D Ford. They could still restructure Marquise Goodwin and Jarek McKinnon and even Jimmy Garoppolo too. So there's a lot of things they can do. But when it comes to signing a splash-free agent, eh, it's kind of tough. I would definitely consider re-signing Eric Armstead's splash because of how good he was. I would consider Emmanuel Sanders a, a splash for us because of how good Emmanuel Sanders was in this offense as a whole. And, and I know he's getting older, but I still think he has a lot to offer. So in terms of possibly making a splash signing, yeah, I think they could do it. I think they could pull it off somehow. But it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be really tough. And I, at one point, thought the Niners have a decent amount of cap space, more so than what I thought they would have. But looking at the numbers, I saw that they only had like $13 million. If you If you do average salaries per year, so say like Eric Armstead is like $10 million, that well, that just takes away $10 million of this year's cap instantly, and that leaves the Niners with three. So it, it would be really hard for these guys. And I know the... Uh, the salary cap is supposed to raise up once again next season. I think it's supposed to go up to $240 million or something insane. So the Niners might just wait it out and just 
kind of keep the signings low. They might just kind of hold off and really roll over some of that money into next season, considering they had to re-sign Kittle and Buckner and guys of that nature. So we'll have to see what happens. But I think the potential is there for the Niners to make a splash free agency signing. But the odds of it happening with how bad the cap is, I think it's really, really slim. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. Um, I would consider any of the following their splash free agency signing, um, Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, and Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think it's going to be that much you know, uh, excitement around the free agency signings as we've seen in years prior where they had, you know, tens of millions of dollars in uh, cap space. So I think that they don't need a free agency splash signing. I think they really need to bring back um, one to two of these guys. I don't think it's possible for them to bring back all three as you kind of just broke down the math. Um, So it'll be interesting. And I honestly think kind of the splashiest, (laughs) I use that term kind of weirdly, but the splashiest signing they could do would be a tag and trade of Eric Armstead, but I really just don't see it happening. Um, but it, it, you know, it is a possibility. So, but I, I, I agree with you that it's just not going to happen due to the cap space. Um, now, with, excuse me. Um, aside from the team's needs overall, what position specifically do you think that the team needs more depth at? You know what's crazy is I almost want to say defensive line because of what happened when all those guys got hurt. Wild, right? It's absolutely wild. But I'm going to I'm not gonna say D line because those guys will be coming back healthy. And God, I think Ronald Blair's a free agent too. This man, this offseason sucks. But they I think they'll still have that depth. They might address D line in the draft once again. They might go out and get like a veteran free agent. They could bring back a bring back Demontre Moore for the cheap. They could, Earl Mitchell's retiring. They have guys like Julian Taylor and obviously DJ Jones coming back, and they have a lot of options. They have a ton of options. So we'll have to see what they do. But I'm not going to give it to defensive line. I think I think I'm going to roll with what I started with at the beginning of the podcast, talking about the wide receivers. And look, having wide receiver depth is huge. You look at what happened when the Niners didn't have wide receivers, like like the Cardinals game, for example, and the Seahawks game, when Emmanuel Sanders was out, when George Kittle was hurt, when it was just Debo and Kendrick Bourne, and those guys couldn't get going, and Dante Pettis wasn't doing anything, Richie James wasn't doing anything, Jordan Matthews was inactive, and it's kind of a bad sign, and no offense to Matthews, when he's constantly getting signed, cut, signed, cut for the wide receivers because of all the injuries or all the inconsistency taking place. And I think having that depth would be huge. And look, there's going to be a lot of questions at wide receiver going to this offseason. Like I said, all the injuries to Jalen Hurd, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor. Um, those are just the guys, really top ones. And on top of Emmanuel Sanders being a free agent. So really, the only wide receiver they honestly have on the roster that they can trust is Debo Samuel and, I, and Kendrick Bourne. Because I think Kendrick Bourne is still under contract. So really just those two guys, and it's concerning. Obviously, Shanahan can work magic with the offense. He can do what he has to do. But I think not having that depth at wide receiver is pretty concerning for the team. So that, I'm going to stick with my guns and roll with wide receiver. I think not having depth there and that position of them needing to address the depth, I think is huge. Yeah, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Kendrick Bourne is a restricted free agent. 
But I, I totally agree with you there. Although my position, I think that they need to address the most. I'm kind of cheating here, and I'm going to say two positions, but they're very similar. And I'm going to go with safety and cornerback. I think that it's extremely thin at those positions. I talked about safety a bit ago, but man, um, cornerback, you saw what happened when Akello went down. Luckily, Mosley came in and played at a high level right away. But God forbid, you know, Mosley or even Sherman went down. I think the 49ers would have been screwed. I don't think that they would have had any answers for that. They would have just been getting burnt through the air continuously until, you know, one or both got back to full health. So I would definitely go with with cornerback, but also safety. Like we said already, if we see Jimmy Ward leave, you know, they're banking on Tavares Moore coming through and playing at a high level. And I just don't see it yet. Um, I'd love to be proved wrong. But at this point, we got to go with what we've seen and what we know. And those are the two positions of need I would go with the most um, moving forward. Now, moving on to the NFL draft, it's right around the corner, which seems crazy. But at the same time, um, I guess that's the benefit of your team playing in the Super Bowl. There's only about a month and a half, two months till the draft, rather than having a solid four months from uh, December. Now that it's right around the corner, what do you think the team does? Um, do you think they trade back, stay put? And also, what position do you think they address with their first pick? So we'll have a we'll have a bigger draft podcast once that really rolls around but i think it's a good idea to start talking about it now and a lot of speculation has been going into this niners draft and a lot of it has to do with more than just the draft itself but it's obviously the team's uh positions if you will and them their cap space as a whole cap space has a lot to do with how they draft i mean it determines who they can resign what positions they can address to begin with and obviously the NFL season, what, it starts with free agency and then goes to the draft. So teams can do whatever they need to do in free agency and then draft a little more confidently. But that's not the case for the Niners because they don't have that cap space. So it's tough to figure what they're going to do. And the speculation I brought up earlier was, well, do they stay put and take the best player available at the position they need? Or do they trade back, get more picks, and hope they can fill some more spots via that direction? And I've been on I've been on this train back and forth, and tomorrow I'll probably change my mind again. But for tonight's episode, I think I'm going to roll with them trading back. And I don't necessarily know who they could trade back with because a lot of teams will... I'm sure they'll be inquiring about pick 31. But the point being is that if the Niners can get more picks because they don't have any second, third, or fourth round picks as a whole, it kills the team and they really can't address depth because of it and the cap space. So the best choice to do, trade that number one pick, trade out of the first round, maybe get in the middle of the second or even like even like a top 10 second round pick between like five and 10. Anything the Niners can do to keep themselves in a position to draft a, I guess, draftable player at that spot and also get the best value out of it as a whole, all while being able to just fill the team up, get depth, get guys they can develop because they've been really good at developing guys. The second round picks outside of what Debo and God, I think Debo and <laughs> and maybe Pettis for his rookie year have worked out. Other than that, it's been it's been a huge swing or miss in the second round for the Niners. So having that pick would be huge. They need another chance to really get to fill the team and get to 
put in more talent after the talent they're gonna that they're going to be losing this season or this offseason. So yeah, <laughs> I think my final answer is trade back, get some more picks. Hope you can nail on a couple of them and really just address the team's depth as a whole. Okay. I like that. Um, I would agree with you as far as trading back. Um, Like you said, with the cap space, it kind of limits what this team can do and as many uh, draft picks as they can have. But I think due to that specifically, I definitely think that quantity or excuse me quality is more of an aspect than quantity at this point um they i think they would rather have a couple of really really good additions than a handful of average to uh good additions because this team as we saw last season is not that far away from making you know from winning it all so i definitely think that they need to focus on getting a few key positions of value that are really, really good and that can help, you know, immediately or else later on in the season um, rather than get some guys that can stash or red shirt a year. I don't think they have that luxury this season. Uh, we can see, you know, how things shape up for next year, but I just think right now they, they should trade back. And as far as position of need, uh, I would love for them to go with either offensive line or safety. I've been talking about it this whole episode, um, but you know, um, we spoke about wide receiver earlier, and this is definitely one of, if not the deepest wide receiver classes in the last decade, I want to say, but they could definitely take a late round, later round draft pick on a wide receiver and still get a guy that could be very productive in this, in this system. So that's also something to keep an eye on. But I just really think that the 49ers need to either address um, their secondary or their offensive line just to kind of give them uh, a bigger shot of succeeding next year because those were two pretty big positions of need for them. Um, speaking of the wide receiver position, there were lots of questions surrounding it, um, it that, that position in particular this season um, and going into the offseason. You know, what's going on with Marquise Goodwin, Jalen Hurd, his back, um, Trent Taylor, continuous injuries, Dante Pettis has struggled, Sanders is a free agent. Um, you know, is this position more of a concern than people think and that is being talked about currently yeah yeah i think so and look it's not concerning to where it's going to like majorly impact the niners playoff games and whatnot or playoff hopes if you will because they have they have so much potential to begin with i mean shanahan is one of the best coaches in the league they still have a top three defense they still have a quarterback who can get the job done but as Niners fans and as guys who have really seen it from a more like like a more fine perspective, like under a microscope, we understand that the wide receiver position has been kind of a struggle for the Niners, not just this year, but in previous years as a whole, they haven't had a they, they honestly haven't had that like that guy. They haven't had a Julio Jones. They haven't had a Beckham or a Devontae Adams in years, in absolute years. And I loved Anquan Bolden, don't get me wrong, but he was kind of, he was already past his prime. He was starting to kind of age out, and that's tough to watch. But they haven't had that guy, like, what, since, (laughs) honestly, since Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and those guys who have been able to dominate single-handedly. And I think that can really impact the team. So, 
the questions should arise is the fact that they still haven't had that guy, Debo Samuels, really rising up there, but can he take that next step? Can he take that next step to be that Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham and not DeAndre Hopkins, but just guys who can single-handedly dominate a game? And I think he has that upside, but we really got to see him put it all together. And with that being said, none of the other wide receivers really, I think, have that ability like Debo does. And Debo's not even up to that level yet. So I think it is a concern. I think it's something that people need to know that without the wide receivers, and, and if they can block and they can catch a few balls here and there like Shanahan asked them to, that's fine. But when it comes down to it, can these guys be really clutch? And can they can they help Jimmy G? Because when there was those games that, that Jimmy G needed them the most, it was honestly super hit or miss. And a lot of that was more about, I, well, honestly, I think more about Jimmy G being a better quarterback than the receivers that he had so he does need some weapons I think he needs some of those guys to get healthy but even if they can't get healthy and they get cut the Niners need to find a way to address it somehow and wide receiver outside of Robbie Anderson and free agency is pretty thin this draft is one of the deepest drafts in years and I thought last year's class was insane but this year's is remarkable so they have the options there can they address it yes will they address it I hope so and even if you don't think wide receiver is a concern, I respect it. But when they're lacking that solid number two guy or that solid backup option to Debo if Sanders doesn't come back, it, it's going to <laughs> it's really gonna suck. So addressing that position I definitely think is a lot bigger than people think. Yeah, I mean there, there's a scenario where it can be really, really thin for the 49ers. Um I agree with you, it's a bigger um, area of, of need than more most people are talking about or think currently but l- let me let me play the scenario out for you real quick one Emmanuel Sanders doesn't return he goes off elsewhere to end his career two Jalen Hurd is not cleared for contact for next season we've had reports coming out I believe from Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area talking about how the 49ers are extremely concerned and not uh, not only just that, but Jalen Hurd didn't even make the trip to the Super Bowl because the doctors were concerned with how his back would hold up with that flight. So that's concerning. Three, Trent Taylor, if he comes back, is not his old self. He's been out of football now for, uh, what, a year and a half real time or something like that of real, real football and not training camp. And three or four, excuse me, Dante Pettis continues to struggle. We never see the Dante Pettis that we saw from the second half of his rookie year. Um, who does that leave? Debo? That's that's a scary thought. And obviously that's worst case scenario. But I think when you're building a team and managing uh, you know, roster spots, you have to have that in your mind. And I think the 49ers should prepare for the worst and hope for the best, obviously. And preparing for the best in this case, would be definitely taking a late round or mid round flyer on a guy that um, they hope can be productive right away in this position, or excuse me, in this offense. And I think Shanahan probably has his, his sights set on someone already. Um, I, I don't think, unfortunately, that you can at this point count on Dante Pettis. Um, you heard. Uh, Kyle Shanahan talk I forget who he spoke to but he was talking about how he hopes that he does you know essentially some soul searching this offseason and gets his mind right gets right whatever he's dealing with 
um, because the 49ers were desperately counting on him to come back and have another productive or excuse me a second productive year and unfortunately that did not happen I mean the guy wasn't even active in the Super Bowl so if that didn't send a clear enough message to how they view him I don't know what will but I definitely agree with you that it is a bigger position of need than most people are talking about right now and I would not be surprised to see them use uh, one of their mid to later picks on a receiver they feel can contribute uh, this season so I, I just think that they have to I, I don't see any other position or excuse me any other scenario in which they they feel comfortable going forward with who they have currently right now especially if Emmanuel Sanders walks I think that that's a huge loss for them um, now wrapping it up here it's kind of been a, a gloomy podcast I think you know we we're talking about guys leaving worst case scenarios um, obviously recapping, not recapping, but moving forward from the Super Bowl loss. Let's end here on a positive note. Uh, Anthony, who do you think is going to take the biggest leap forward going into next season? That's the thing that makes me really excited about the Niners next season is that there's so many guys with a ton of potential. Jimmy G could explode for that season that everyone's been waiting for. Nick Bosa could have an insane sophomore year. Debo Samuel could blow up. But I'm going to go outside of the box a little bit. I think next season is going to be Fred Warner's year, dude, with all due respect to Luke Keekley, I'm happy he retired. He put his health first, something that I don't think enough players do. They they should honestly prioritize their health. I really do. And I get they want to make money. I get they want to go out there and play the thing and play the sport they love the most. But you don't want to be 40 years old and already losing half your memory. And I get that's what football is, and it's a really sad truth to it. But guys like Luke Keekley and even Patrick Willis and Chris Borland back then, guys who put their health first, I think that's the biggest factor for guys or for players, and and they don't understand enough. So with that being said, though, Luke Keekley is gone. It's time for another linebacker to really step up and be that next Keekley and be that next Bobby Wagner, and, and I think that could be Fred Warner. He had a remarkable season last season as well. I think he led the team in tackles. He got a couple of interceptions. He got sack, and it's the fact that this guy can just go out there and play and ball out and no questions asked, just do the job he's supposed to do that's really amazing about him. So there's a lot of guys to pick from, but if anyone I think is going to blow up, and, and I'm going to call my shot now, I think Fred Warner will be an all-pro next season. I think he already got snubbed this year to begin with, but next year will be his year to shine. And with everyone coming back with the scheme and the team being so similar, I think he's poised for for that kind of breakout year. So I got to give to Fred Warner. He's definitely ready to take that next step. And it's time for the league to recognize him because he has a ton of potential. He's already proven what he has to offer. And I still think he has even more to offer. So got to give to Fred Warner, man. Definitely a guy that's still slept on by the league. and And it's just time for these guys to wake up. Yeah, you know, he definitely got slept on this year as far as uh, being named an All-Pro. And I just think that, to be honest with you, that was uh, one of my, my top answer that I wrote down. I think you and everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about Fred Warner. Um, he's been my, he was my draft crush the year that the 49ers drafted him. And I'll probably say this to the day I die because I think it's awesome and cool, but I got the his 
uh, draft pick down to the exact pick uh, in one of my mock drafts. But um, since you went with Fred, I'm going to go with Debo. And to be honest with you, I really, really think that that says a lot about how I view him uh, because he already had a really, really good breakout year. Um, he, he was a total weapon for the 49ers, uh, not only in the passing game, but in the running game as well. He was lethal on those end arounds. Um, and I, I think that that just speaks to how big of a year I think he has next season and the potential that he has with Kyle Shanahan, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think that he's a fantastic talent. Um, I've seen videos of him working his tail off this off season and really, really just putting in the work that is necessary to be one of the greats in this league. And I think the 49ers really struck gold with him, to be honest with you. So you go with Fred. I'm going to go with another young guy on the other side of the ball in Debo Samuel. Um, I hope we're both right. I hope they both have breakout years and the 49ers will only be better for it. Um, that's going to do it for us today, guys. We really appreciate you tuning in. And again, I apologize for the wait and the delay of getting this episode out. We will be getting back to our normal schedule um, and two episodes a week. And we really, really look forward to previewing the draft, previewing free agency with you guys. Um, so please, if you are listening in on iTunes, do us a solid and leave us a review. We appreciate them all. We read them all. Thank you, guys. Um, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Again, my name is Zach Hernandez. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast at RGS Pod. Uh, Anthony, go ahead. Let the folks know where to find you. All right, guys. It's been a while since we've heard it or we've heard me say it, and it's always my favorite thing to say at the end of the show. But follow me on Twitter, guys. Perry underscore 49ers. That's P-E-R-R-Y underscore 49 E-R-S. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for tuning in, guys.